Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. Today's episode is all about tax implications of hiring. There's a lot of new options. Hiring probably right. like a lot simpler just yeah. know, five years ago, 10 years ago. Shoot, two years ago. Yeah, true. So yeah. yeah, remote employees from across the state is not some wild idea anymore. It's right. very common. Um, a lot of states have different, uh, I guess, well, I don't know. That's what I'll find out. What, yeah. what, what, what uh, <laughs> we'll find out, all the differences, all the things to think about essentially yeah. – now that you've got sort of this, uh, you know, main two options, you can contract. Right. Or you could hire an employee. Um, but with both of those, you could hire remote employees that don't right. physically work in your same location. So there's all kinds of new different things to consider. Right. Yeah. I think this came about because you and I were talking before that, you know, we're, we're trying to hire someone right now. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're thinking through like, what does that look like? Do, um, and I think one of the things you have to, you have to first think about is, do you want to hire somebody? When you say hire somebody, that almost infers they're they're an employee. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, you might just be looking for a contractor. And so I want to at least kind of bring up a few points about employee versus contractor kind of thing too, because that's sort of question I often get with people that are thinking that it's a distinction they can make, meaning like it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And it's really more of a facts and circumstances. So I, I want to definitely touch on the employee versus contractor angle. Yeah, let's kind of define those. Okay. Um, and it's funny, I get this question all the time. Somebody will, it's often like, I don't know why it's always a text. Like it's from a client, like, hey, we're, uh, we're hiring someone. Should they be, and they, <laughs> and it's funny, nobody says contractor or employee. They say, should they be W2 or 1099? Yeah. And I know exactly yeah. what they mean. And how insulting is that, by the way, <laughs> to be classified by your tax uh, form? There's a new know, guy over there, you, 1099. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have no idea how offensive that really is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, often I, what I always tell them, I almost answer them back with a question and I'll say, well, do you control the work? Do you give them the work? Do you tell them when to work? Do you give them all the clients to work on? Do you give them the equipment? Like if you control all you being the employer, mm-hmm. if you control all of the variables, for the most part, they're an employee. Yeah. The equipment's a nuanced one or yeah. a helpful one too, Correct. because like work is even becoming more nuanced of like, well, when you show up to work, well, a lot of people now it's like, True. you know, okay, well, I, We've got an arrangement. I work from home and I work with more flexible hours. Right. Yeah, but you're using our, you know, we provide the laptop, we provide the, you know, and that might, is really what it came down to for us. Yeah. I mean, we, and you sort of answered. Yeah, I think I think I'm, I'm reading the IRS has a good article where they talk about the different things like behavioral, financial, and type of relationship. And they under behavioral, they say, does the company control or have the right to control what the worker does and how the worker does his or her job? So when you start to think about whether somebody's a, an employee or a contractor, basically you need to think about if you were if you were going to define them as a contractor, they should be in the business of giving contract services, meaning mm-hmm. they probably have more than one client. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. you're not their only client. Now that certainly can be the case. Mm-hmm. There can be a situation where you have somebody, they work when they want, they work how they want, they provide all their own. You only, you give them the one and only client, which is you. I, I do think that can, that can be a contractor. But for the most part, if somebody's only client is you, 
Right. That didn't lend itself toward employee. Sure. So you just start to think about that. It's in, And the point I want to make here, it's not a decision you make. Mm-hmm. Although there are tax implications. Obviously, if you pay somebody as a contractor, it saves the business money because you don't have the you don't have the payroll tax matching component. So just to put some quick numbers to it, payroll tax coming out of an employee's paycheck is roughly 8%, right? Um, and as an employer, you have to match that. So if you hire somebody for $100,000, well, it doesn't cost you $100,000 to employ them. It costs you $108,000 because not only you have to pay them the 100, you also have to match their payroll tax. Under that same regime with a contractor, that $8,000 goes away, but now it's on the burden. But how's it not $115,000? Because the the other half is being paid by the employee. Okay. Gotcha. It's deducted. Yeah, it's a fixed deduction from their gross right. pay. Okay. Now, if you go the contractor route, conveniently you don't pay that eight percent anymore and it's on the shoulders of the contractor now the contractor becomes both an employee and an employer when you're Mm self-employed that's in effect what you are um so right then and there you can see why lots of people want to make someone a contractor Mm -hmm. well they first of all don't have to put them on payroll you just have to issue a 1099 you don't have payroll tax quarterly filings you don't you, it's easy right. you just pay them that's their pay at the end of the year you issue a 1099 and oh by the way it doesn't cost you eight percent so it's it's oftentimes a, a thing somebody thinks is a decision like a strategy i want somebody to be a contractor when in fact it's a facts and circumstances kind of thing if you control all the variables and there's like i said there's mo- many but if you control most or all of the variables they're an employee you should pay them as such have you ever even seen that ever regulated before? Yeah, Department of Labor audits. So I had a, um, randomly had a realtor, and this is really random, a realtor who was using another realtor to like do administration and court and do like, like a lot of realtors would have like a, a, a closing coordinator where that mm-hmm. person like gathers the documents and gets people to, you know, know where to go to the closing, all this different stuff. Sure. And it was a realtor friend of mine. He and another realtor were sharing someone, meaning they would, you know, they each, hey, you pay him when you need him. I pay him when I need him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Department of Labor audited him and said, that guy's an employee. Now, that was one of the ones where I was like, I see why you would make that person a contractor. But the point, to, you know, to answer your question is a Department of Labor audit or somebody can somebody can proactively go to I think that you can do it with the IRS and say they've misclassified me. They need to be withholding from me. They need to be matching my payroll tax. Like you can turn someone in, so to speak. Gotcha. It doesn't happen often, obviously. Right. But it's a Department of Labor can audit you and can say that person should have been a, uh, an employee, make you pay penalties and interest. Gotcha. And the tax. Yeah, and the tax. Yeah, the tax, correct. the 8% correct. that you were and supposed the, to be paying. Yeah, and the penalties and interest would be a, a percentage of the tax. Gotcha. Yeah. So they just go back to however long they were employed. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how they do it. Probably yeah. there's probably a statute of limitations I would imagine where they can't go back ten years, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Gotcha. And yeah. they're the judge and the jury there. They just think show so. up and say, "Hey, this is they're an employee." I think so. And if you disagree, yeah, you disagree. I, yeah, I haven't done it much. You yeah. know, there's just a few circumstances in my career I've seen it, but that's generally who's regulating that employee mm-hmm. versus you know employee versus contractor yeah. and you'll have certain industries which are notorious for that and then certain industries like landman's a good example those people to me are employees all day long but for some reason they got a judgment years ago or a, a favorable ruling and now everybody in and and that that their people were contractors now everybody who does landman work and if you've ever done it you know mm-hmm. you're a contractor yeah. which is interesting to me yeah yeah 
That is interesting. Yep. All right. So contractors versus employee or 1099 versus W-2. <laughs> right. And those are just references to the forms you'd right. fill out and right. file with the IRS. Correct. Right. Yeah. And then, so, you know, once you kind of make that distinction and you say, okay, what am I doing here? Let's just say you go down the employee route. You need mm-hmm. to start thinking about. Well, before we go yep. down that, I guess 1099, it does not matter whether they are where they are located. Correct. Physically. Correct. It, 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 there's nothing else to pursue there. No, no, you're, I mean, it's on them to report their income to their state. There's no reporting requirements generally. This is, there's caveats to everything. California being one. If you pay employee, if you pay contractors in California and they're not from California, you have to withhold from them. And there's different rules for different states, but generally somebody's a contractor. You issue them a 1099. You're not really worried about. Again, this is a generality. Mm-hmm. You're not really worried about where they yeah. work. Okay. Yeah. So now within the employee category, now yeah. we've got options to do remote employees from say, you know, Maryland or yeah. New Mexico. What's what's the difference? Yeah, it changes we- things because well, first, and what we see often is people don't realize they need to register for certain, you need to register in those states to withhold from that person. So like just, you know, like if you worked for me, I would withhold Louisiana income tax from you. I'd also have to pay into the Louisiana unemployment insurance fund on your behalf, right? Is that what's called establishing nexus or is that something totally different? Yeah. Employees is one way you can have nexus, certainly. It's okay. one of the, yeah, it's one of the, like, if you have people in a location, yes, or a facility, yeah, obviously. Gotcha. Yeah. So does that mean things yeah. change for sales tax? Well, that's what I was going to say. I was gonna, I was getting to that. So just not fast enough, I'm so far ahead of you on this. I see uh, that, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you have talking points. Yeah. Um, on empl- yeah, so the things you have to think about is just being registered, just the, the kind of the blocking and tackling, so to speak. Like you hire, you know, to your example, you hire somebody in Maryland. Well, you need to set up a Maryland withholding account. You have to withhold from them. You have to pay that withholding into Maryland. File quarterly reports. File a annual report when you just like you do a W two. And when you say account, you mean you call Maryland's Department of yeah. Labor and say I need to open an account. Well, d- probably their Not Department of Revenue. Account. Yeah, their yeah, Department yeah, of Revenue. Yes. Correct. Yeah. You you would open similar to how you would with open a sales tax account. You would open a withholding account. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a bank account. It's a good distinction. Yeah. yeah, you're saying, hey Maryland, I'm withholding money from an employee in your state. Now I'm going to send it to you whatever basis you determine mm-hmm. you know again every state's different is that bi-weekly mm-hmm. is that monthly is it quarterly quarterly would probably be the least of the yeah. frequencies yeah and then you also have to have uh, unemployment insurance right you you want uh some some states will require that if somebody's working for you in that state that you file and register with the, the department of you know like in louisiana it's louisiana workforce commission but it could be a department of labor or something mm-hmm. like that yeah does Gusto make this easy? Yeah, it's funny they do. They um, and and the software companies coming around to this. But what's what's really interesting is that in this world, the setup of new accounts and registering has always been a pain. Like Gusto even outsources it. They have a I think a third party called CorpNet, which is all they do. Golly, what a name for the company, CorpNet. Yeah, it's that horrible, sounds like they would be in the space they're in, <laughs> just registering. <laughs> With the department, that sound like, like it would be yeah. a sitcom. Like, what yeah. was it on uh, the office? Dundee, yeah, Mifflin? Dunder Mifflin, Dunder yeah. Mifflin, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. yeah, we work for Corpnet. Yeah, golly. <laughs> what was it on Office Space? Inatech? 
Yeah, it was in a tech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see? Yeah, like, we, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I can see every. They are yeah. beating a copier with baseball. Oh, pads. they are uh, in cubicles, no yeah, doubt. Yeah. They, they put cover uh, sheets on their TPS reports. There's no <laughs> question. Um, yeah, so somebody like CorpNet is a third party outsource that Gusto will do. But we've even seen it to where it doesn't always go well. Like, every state's different. I think the reason why. Nobody's been able to do this well. Just because it's hard to put your arms around. Mm-hmm. Because again, every state has a different procedure. It's not mm-hmm. like it's a formal, streamlined way to get an account. But yeah, there's yeah. software is starting to do that and starting to plug into that gap that people like us would normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what changes that? I mean, we started this conversation. This thing thing are with eight percent as a how how varied does that get? And, um, not not really. So, and I'm rounding. It's really it's seven point six five percent. That's set. That's the Social Security and the Medicare rates combined. Six point two percent for Social Security, one point four five percent for Medicare. I just rounded up. Uh, but you also then going to have in, unemployment, federal unemployment, and state. So that's kind of how I'm getting the eight mm-hmm. percent. Is really you know when anybody hires somebody, we normally tell them, look, it's going to cost you another eight percent. But you brought up something earlier. I want to hit on, which is this whole nexus thing. And that's what a lot of times bites people is that, you know, to kind of play the example forward, if we hire an employee in Maryland, we now have to determine if we're deriving income in Maryland, right? And there's all kind of different factors for determining that, probably a little more than the scope of this talk. But suffice to say, once you once you establish nexus in a state, and one of the ways you would is if you have employees there, it, it may open you up to having to file income tax returns to pay income tax there. So just something that most people don't think about. It's a really great question to ask your advisor. Just say, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to move into this state. We're going to pay so-and-so this much, you know, because it also, there's a mag- magnitude to it. Um, what does that look like from an income tax perspective? Yeah, this, maybe this is oversimplifying it, but there's a difference between if you have, it seems like the pivot would be if you have customers there versus if you have employees there. Well, one of the things that makes you file or have an income tax liability to a certain state is what's called apportionment. And so apportionment generally... They use factors. They'll say, what percentage of your revenue is in this state? And again, that's hard to determine with a service-based business. That's not domiciled there. But one thing that is easy to determine and is generally a factor in apportionment is what is the percentage of your payroll in this state? Really? And that's why it it can trip you up is because let's just say you have a high... a high concentration of your workforce in a particular state now for apportionment purposes, that factor mm-hmm. is a higher percentage than it normally would be. Yeah. And so, you know, that again, probably more, more detail than this conversation would allow, but uh, that's where people are. That's why people are saying when you hire people in other States, it starts to open you up potentially to income being taxed to other States is because in that calculation of apportionment, now your payroll factor is higher. Yeah. For small business, is there any like, um, I have a couple of scenarios, like just being in Louisiana, like we've had like you hire people who've been affected by hurricanes, you got little payroll tax breaks. Yeah. We had one incentive where if it was like if you're in the creative space, that's like they were incentivizing TV, movie, film, right? Uh, all that stuff, like you got a, a payroll tax break. Is it w- even worth paying attention to that as a small business owner for like around the nation? Does it Ooh. work like that at all? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, like if you happen to like hire somebody in Maryland and Maryland's like, oh yeah, you don't 
we don't charge sales tax for, I mean, we don't charge payroll tax for yeah, people I, over 55, you know? Or, no, it's a great question. I would say this. Um, it's hard to know. It, it's hard. I would say this. It's, um, it would be hard to know that. I mean, I, I mean, a cursory review of like, if you're going like, let me give an example. If I had another, if I had a client that said, Hey, we're setting up shop in Missouri, meaning we're going to hire people in Missouri. We're not moving there, but we're going to hire. I would probably tell them or we would do it. I would go look at the Department of Revenue's website and say kind of the FAQs around when I hire somebody there. And that generally is going to lead you or I would reach out to a colleague that's in Missouri and say, hey, kind of give me the lowdown, anything we need to know. Because so the answer to your question, I would say try the low hanging fruit, which is the state website. Just on the you know FAQ mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but also have an advisor who has a network of people who can make a phone call. Like yeah. that's not a great scalable answer, but that's the that's probably the sure. that's the you know pragmatic answer. I would say mm-hmm. is that you know we would know we'd be researching it. Yeah, you know, but there's not a centralized. If you're asking, is there a centralized place of information around? Maybe there is. I just don't know about it, but I don't think so. Yeah. This may be this might be the last thing, and this might get too much in the weeds. But I'm thinking too, like not just employees, but partnerships now are being created across states. You know what I mean? That's a good point. How how is that getting into? You know, I think of just like what we've talked about, like S corp classifications and different things. Like all these things matter in terms of like your salary. You know, the IRS has to say that it's worth, I don't know. Well, you, you just start to see, like, I just start to see, like. Four, that was about four concepts you just put well, together. I'm just, I guess what I'm seeing in my mind is all the four concepts I know just, like, yeah. just being destroyed because yeah. the guy from New Mexico and, and the lady from Maryland are now in business together. And it's like, no, that's what, what really, we do. I would say, I don't know. Like, yeah. so when, you know, generally speaking, you, the state obligations come about where income is earned. That's a general rule, mm-hmm. right? But there's also it rules about like where do we source things? If we if the customers there, is it a throwback state, a throwout state? I mean, there's a million rules around this stuff. Yeah. And um and so to answer your question about a Maryland and two partners, one in Maryland, one in New Mexico, I don't yeah. know. It sounds like one of my daughter's like um, <laughs> math questions. So it's yeah. just very much in the world. Yeah. If they both phase. travel seventy miles yeah, an hour, exactly. yeah, where are they going right. to meet? Yeah. yeah. Like I don't How know. How much is the IRS going to take? A lot. That's <laughs> right. what we need to know. <laughs> yeah, but I think. In any of this stuff like I think most of what you and I try to do in this podcast is just to bring awareness mm-hmm. who's going to remember anything about apportionment what they will remember is I hired somebody in another state and I heard one somebody say one time that that could cause something to happen yeah if if you just leave the podcast thinking that like mm-hmm. I know a new employee in a new state a light bulb goes off I don't know what to do but I call my attorney my CPA that's a good enough start. Yeah. And I think that's all this is meant to do is because even that professional, honestly, might have to research it. Yeah. I think the headline is this, and we'll kind of end here if this is, and if you agree with it, and maybe not. We'll, uh, <laughs> but what I've heard today has not moved me one way or the other outside of, you You say a lot, and we say on this podcast, like the juice worth the squeeze. Right. Like what I have heard today is like, if you find a great employee in Maryland or New Mexico, go for it. Absolutely. The it, you're not going to trip up over anything that will is that won't make it worth it. Correct. And at the same time, 
don't hire somebody who's not worth it, who's not a good employee in New yeah. Mexico. You don't benefit much there either way. It I haven't heard anything that would put me off the rails of just hiring good people. Yeah. Can that, it cause a headache if you don't get it right at the beginning? Sure. Is it fixable? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's no, there's no, to your point, there's no fatal flaws. Yeah. There are certain places, like I've heard a guy recently talking on uh, LinkedIn about like real estate investing and kind of along the same lines, he was like, I wouldn't invest in California. Now, that was interesting Mm -hmm. from a tax perspective. It was like, for these reasons, Now, if we were kind of having a corollary podcast around that, that would be different than what you just said. Mm -hmm. It would be one of those things where you're like, ooh. And he gave all the reasons they don't honor bonus depreciation, have these high fees on LLCs, all these different things. Yeah, I don't think we've said anything definitive enough around like, oh, if there's somebody in Minnesota, you might want to watch out. Right. I think the point is, just do it on the front end Save yourself a lot of the pain. Like, don't get nine months into this thing. Give you a perfect example. An, an ex client reached out to me recently. She said, "Hey, I've been I uh, I asked her for the W. We had to do something. We needed some W twos for something." She said, "Well, can you issue those? It's October." I'm like, "What do you mean? Like, the you know your thought when you hire somebody should be, man, somewhere along the line somebody's gonna have to do payroll stuff." Mm. withholding, pay taxes, W-2s. Like if you just leave this conversation with that kind of thought, then somebody else can probably vet out, man, if there's a fatal flaw of a person in Wyoming. I don't know. But yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think you do it. You just talk to your advisors at first and go and get them to help you. Good deal. Yeah. Well, we'll end on that note. And as always, go to Group. Check out the other podcasts there. Lots of tips, tricks, That's it. <laughs> accounting, <laughs> accounting resources there. And you can reach out to Marcus and his team at Group as well. All right. All right. See you next time. See you.